Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. Thanks for tuning in again on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is a paternal coach, and she's advocating for postpartum, taking away that stigma and sharing her personal story. Please help me welcome Megan to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Good. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you because I feel like this is very important to everybody, not just specifically women, uh, but also to men, because I feel like we need to really um, learn and be sensitive to it, but also create an awareness and be accepting the fact that postpartum is a big thing and it's happening more and more. So I will tell you that I have not heard of it until I've heard friends and family members go through it. So I'm excited to learn more and see what you're doing and how you're taking it to the next level. You are a personal coach, but before we even get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I am a mom of three and I live on Cape Cod with my husband and my three children. We also have six chickens and two dogs and a cat. So it's pretty much insanity around here all of the time. Um, And before I even had kids, long before my husband and I got married, I didn't ever think I wanted to be a mom. So this is kind of a funky role for me to find myself in. Um, I actually, I I really didn't, I I know I was, or I knew I was too selfish for motherhood when I was younger. So, but right around the time I was about 28 or 29, I decided um, that my biological clock was something that was a real thing and was ticking very loud and very hard. And I looked at my then boyfriend and said to him, we either need to get married or we're having children. And so he said to me, okay, well, we'll be getting married so we can push it off for a little longer. Um, so we had been getting together a long time. And when we finally got married, we, we were together eight years when we got married and we had a honeymoon baby. So I thought to myself, what's the big deal? We've lived together for eight years. What's the difference between living together as boyfriend and girlfriend and living together as husband and wife? There's no difference. Why not? No difference. Why not throw a child into this mix? And um, come to find out there is a difference. It's a little bit different being married than it is just being um, boyfriend and girlfriend or even fiance. Mm -hmm. So throwing a little baby into that mix was kind of chaotic. And so I found myself suffering from pretty severe postpartum anxiety with my daughter. Um, And that's when I started realizing that this was out there and no one was really talking about it at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only reason I knew what it was that I was suffering from is it was pretty, it was pretty weird. It was pretty bizarre. So I was afraid to pick up my daughter. I loved her so much, but I was afraid to pick her up because I truly thought her head would pop off. Um, I was afraid to not brush my teeth at night because I knew that if I didn't brush my teeth, she would die. So I brought it up to my doctor and she was like, yeah, no, that's not normal. She goes, that's postpartum anxiety. I had never heard of postpartum anxiety before. I had heard of postpartum depression, but who knew that postpartum anxiety was a thing? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of what started this um, passion project of mine, I suppose, is because mm-hmm. I didn't even know this was out there. And that's kind of how it manifested. And as I began to talk about it more, I was finding friends of mine and other women who were suffering postpartum as well. And they began to reach out to me because I was being pretty vocal about how crappy it was and how much I was suffering. And so once I started to do that, they came out of the woodwork and just were like, yes, I'm going through this too. And it was sort of bizarre to me, all of these women that were suffering from something so similar, yet no one knew. It was it was so secret and quiet and you know, you keep it to yourself and you suffer internally. And I just hated that. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of made it my mission to be very vocal in my struggles and that's how it started. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when you go through it, like, so what I've wrote down here, um, so you, what you were feeling with the postpartum anxiety was just like a fear of leaving your child of for a couple minutes and then you would just freak out like, oh my God, something's going to happen. Yeah. So I never left her. Oh, with yeah. my birth, I never left her. Um, I, she slept next to me because I was afraid she would stop breathing overnight. But it was the real OCD stuff that got weird. It was, you know, like the, I couldn't not brush my teeth. I had to brush my teeth. That was a ritual every single night for two full minutes. And if I shortened it by 10 seconds, she was going to die that night. And so it, that really got overwhelming and it's exhausting. It's exhausting to live with that. And to think that other people suffer with these types of fears, mm-hmm. um, but don't talk about it. It's so sad to me because they could be getting the help and the encouragement that they need, but they're so afraid that what they're feeling isn't normal because no one else is talking about it. Yeah. And letting and, them know that what they're feeling is normal. Yeah. So when you brought this up to your doctor, mm-hmm. I know sometimes when doctors tell us things, we kind of get like a little bit kind of, are you kidding me? It's, it's right. okay to do that. Or I can just go outside and, you know, do whatever I have to do. How right. did you really feel from that interaction? Because I know sometimes some doctors can be really like really harsh or sometimes we're not accepting or we're in denial. How did you take that in the first reaction? Did you feel okay? Did you feel assertive with what they were telling you? So I was really very lucky because my doctor and I have a great, or she's a previous doctor now, had a great relationship mm-hmm. and I trusted her a hundred percent. And so when I went in there and I told her this is what I was feeling and she told me it's not normal to feel this way, I believed her. And I, and I, and I was thankful. I was thankful to, for someone to tell me that I didn't have to feel this way um, and that there were things that we could do about it. And so I did go on medication and that's something else that I talk about because I know there is a stigma around that as well about having to go on medication for um, anxiety and depression. And so um, I was thankful to have someone who would guide me in the right direction. Um, I wish that she had told me to see a therapist. Um, I, I know that she is very familiar with the postpartum realm, mm-hmm. but I feel like having someone I could go to weekly to talk to would have been more beneficial. I wasn't in the headspace to make that decision on my own mm-hmm. in, that, in that time. So I wish that she had mentioned that to me. So that is also something else that I talk about. You know, you do have the option to take. And the good thing about going to therapy, I find, is you can't really take your baby with you. So it does kind of give you that break that you need to focus on yourself and to just breathe. 
So that's another aspect that I talk about. But as far as when she told me I was suffering from something that wasn't normal, um, it was actually a relief to me. And I know that's not always the case, but I think with the incredible rapport I had with her and the trust I had with her, it made that an easier pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you had someone that you felt very comfortable with now a, a, expressing what you were feeling to your partner. Was it easy? Was it, cause you know, sometimes men, we can all agree to that to a certain extent when I tell my husband, Oh my God, I'm having a panic attack. It's like, yeah. um, what are you talking about? You're going to be fine. Why do you think about it? Why are you overthinking things? And he'll just tell me a bunch of things that's not going to yeah. make me feel better. So how did right. that conversation start? Or when did you feel like it was ready for you to say, you know what, let me talk to him. Let me see. Let me hear him out. Yeah. Um, Jeff, his favorite, Jeff is my husband, and his favorite thing to say to me at that point was, we have everything we always wanted. Why aren't you happy? You know, what Mm -hmm. are you scared about? You know, it was hard for me to vocalize to him at that time that this wasn't something I was unhappy about. I loved our daughter. I didn't dislike motherhood. I um, was very happy to have her, but it was something that was in my mind, like Mm -hmm. an imbalance in my brain. Um, and so he didn't really understand that at the time, which was difficult. Um, and I'm thankful that my, my doctor helped me verbalize that to him because he didn't, I don't, not that he didn't believe me. I don't think he realized how severe it could become until I went and saw my doctor and she gave me the words to use, you know, telling me that this was not normal, that it was postpartum anxiety, that it was due to an imbalance or hormone or hormonal imbalance. Um, and that this was a normal thing to experience and there was nothing wrong. We just had to get it under control. Mm-hmm. And so once she was able to give me those words um, and I was able to use those words with him, I think he began to you know, understand it a little bit more. He didn't fully understand it until we had our second child, I don't think. And I had severe, 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 severe postpartum depression. Um, and once he saw how dark that could be, I think he realized um, the postpartum mental health stigma and how we need to talk about it more because spouses don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about it. They don't have to suffer through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he became more supportive then. And he's so supportive now of what I do because he realized the, realizes the importance of having a partner who can mm-hmm. support you through the struggle. For sure. And I really love that, that your partner is so supportive and really trying to understand like this is a real thing and how do we handle it as a spouse? Well, you know, this is where both of you come in and really share your stories and be able to help other couples out there, which is fantastic. And thank you for doing this. Yeah. I love, I love doing it because it really still surprises me how little it's talked about. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's feel like we're in this world, if you can agree with me, because I have, um, I have PCOS and back in the day, no one knew what was PCOS. Everyone's having kids, like everything's fine and dandy. And then all of a sudden we're in this generation, I'm in my thirties. And then all of a sudden, well, now it's like one in 10 women are not able to have children. And most of us have PCOS and it's just like, you know, when I had to bring it up to my partner, it was really hard for him to really kind of like 
oh my gosh, like, what is this? How did this happen? He's trying to like, you know, really think about what is going on. What could it be? And my mom even too, she was just like, how all of a sudden all these women has become the norm. And believe it or not, I went to a birthday party and out of the 20 women that was sitting there, 10 of us have suffered through PCOS. So it was like, it, it felt like I was at a council, but really it was like, you know, it was a family party and their friends and friends and friends. And I'm just like, I cannot believe it. This is like the statistic you had younger women going through it at the age of 18. You have older women who are going through it still, and they managed to have all their children, which for me brought me, you know, excitement and, you know, but everyone's symptoms are different. So now with postpartum PCOS and there's a ton of other stuff, which I can't even think of the top of my head right now, but can we agree like something's wrong? The world's changing and what are they doing to us? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It is weird. Um, Cause it does seem to be way more prevalent mm-hmm. and maybe that, maybe it's not more prevalent. Maybe it's just people are admitting it more or they're not. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it is, it does seem more common. Yeah. And it's like everywhere you go, even now with the magazines, you know, people suffering through depression after kids and, you know, more miscarriages are happening that you don't even think or even thought that a person could. And, you know, some of them go through five and six of them and it's just, they're keeping the try because they have that hope and it's just, you know, how far can you go? And it's like, uh, it's unbelievable how everything's changing and believe it or not. um, My husband just this weekend, he's just like, you know, they're trying to, come up with a movie with netflix to it was titled as bring our children back and i was like what what is this and then he's just like well apparently they feel like the governments are seeing that countries are being overpopulated and they have a role of women women going through not being able to have children going through all these different diseases and stuff so they found proof now that this is a serious issue yeah and I was like, oh my gosh. And they're, they're, they did research on our food, the way we live, the lifestyle that we have. Yeah. You know, we're trying, us women are trying to empower ourselves to provide and to still work and have our career and reach our goals. And we're always, you know, stressed about everything, but because we mm-hmm. want the, the best for our family and for ourselves. And all of a sudden there's like, there's a big roadblock that we always go through. So I'm excited if Netflix does do this because we all need an answer to. I think so. Or at least more awareness of that. This is happening. Yeah. So that, you know, it's just, yeah, it's mind blowing. It is. It is. And I really appreciate people like you and especially with your spouse, really supporting each other and really helping women out there. And I want to know more of Megan as a coach and what you're doing Mm -hmm. Let's hear more about that. Sure. So one thing I do that I love as a coach is, so I work a lot with um, women who are moms who have kind of lost themselves in motherhood. A lot of times when women become moms, they think that that's all that they're allowed to be. And I think there's a lot of societal, you know what I'm trying to say, (laughs) pressure to um, be the perfect mom. So when I had my first two uh, two children, I stayed home. Because that's what quote unquote good moms do, right? Good moms mm-hmm. stay home with their kids. And I hated it. 
it was, I was not built to stay home. I love being able to see all the milestones and all that, but I needed some adult interaction. And there was a lot of shame I felt in admitting that. And when I finally did say it out loud, there was almost this pity I got from other moms. Like, oh, you can't afford to stay home. Like there's a lot of that. Firstly, um, if I couldn't afford to stay home, there's nothing wrong with that because it's freaking expensive to live. But secondly, I'm allowed to just want to pursue something for myself. And so I think um, a lot of mothers feel like they need permission to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I work with them a lot to do is to figure out what it is they want to do, even if it's not working outside the home, if it's finding something that just lights their soul on fire, if they love to create art or write or um, cook, anything that kind of just lights them on fire, they're allowed to pursue that. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be 100% in motherhood all of the time. Um, because we're all going to burn out, right? We don't expect yeah. fathers to do that. Fathers <laughs> are allowed to pursue things and, you know, yeah. there's no question about it. So that's one thing that I work with them on. And I love that. Um, the other thing I've started to do is work with aspiring um, mother entrepreneurs, so mompreneurs, to figure out what it is they want to build their business in and give them the logistic, logistical and the emotional support to do so. So again, it comes back to not feeling like they're allowed to pursue this, but then also once we break through that, figuring out logistically how to make it happen. And so when I became an entrepreneur, I really struggled. There's, there's business coaches out there, but no one really gives you the initial minute step-by-step -step how to, to make this business come alive and how to mm -hmm. actually physically on paper make it happen. So I work with them from that aspect, the logistical and the emotional to create their businesses. And so that's another thing that's really close to my heart because it's something that I would have loved to have um, as a new entrepreneur who is also a mother who is dealing with the guilt of adding one more thing to her plate. Mm -hmm. So those are my two um, favorite parts of my business, but I also speak a lot. Um, and so um, I speak on postpartum depression postpartum anxiety, I speak on guilt and permission, and I speak on the parts of motherhood that no one really talks about, which is it can be kind of crappy. You know, there's a lot of crappy, difficult parts to it. It's mm -hmm. wonderful, and it's beautiful, and it's fulfilling, but it's hard. And I think people joke about that before you have kids, but you don't really realize that it can be difficult. So those are the things that I speak on, and I find it so incredibly valuable when I do so, and mothers are like, praise thank you for saying that out loud mm -hmm. so those are the things that I do well that's awesome and yeah. I I honestly I really I'm really happy that we were able to connect because yeah. this is so important and the coaching that you're doing and the guidance that you're giving um it it really helps women out there to feel empowered and kind of take their life back and be able to yeah go back to that job, that career that they love. Cause I, I'm not a mom, not yet. And I'm hoping across my fingers, I will, that would be something into the universe that I'm, mm -hmm. you know, putting towards, um, yeah. you know, seeing all these women through, uh, different stories that I hear, or even on TV with reality TV, it's like, you know, oh my gosh, like, it's nice to kind of feel yourself again when you go back to work and have that personality and you yeah. know keep reaching for your goals and because I notice a lot of them it's like oh my god like 
how, how's it going to be like when I get back to work? Cause you're always like, Oh my God, my kids, who's going to take care of them? Do I yeah. trust them? You know, I have to find a babysitter daycare and it's just, you know, you're kind of going through a lot of emotions yeah. and you know, once that time, time does fly when you have children. Cause I look at my nieces and I'm just like, I can't believe it. You're going to be in grade <laughs> two. Then the other one's just going to, Oh my God, it's, you started walking and it, it's just, it's yeah. crazy. It so, goes so fast. Yeah. So from your experience and going back and have you ever felt when you started your business, like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. What am I doing? Or were you ever having second thoughts? Um, I didn't have second thoughts. It was hard for me because I had to ask for help. And that was the hardest part because I think, again, we've been conditioned as moms to feel like we're Wonder Women or to project that we're Wonder Women and that we can do it all. And so asking for help from my husband was really difficult saying, I need two hours tonight. Can you do bedtime? Because I have X, Y, and Z to do. And I mm-hmm. can't get it done because when you're building a business, you're still working another company, you know, another company. And mm-hmm. so you're really trying to fit these things into these pockets. And so I think what's important is acknowledging that you do have to ask for the help and to reminding yourself that this is something that you are passionate about and it has value, even if it's right now only to you, it has value and that makes it important. And so finding the time in the pockets, it's going to be difficult, but it's worth it. And just kind of keeping that at the forefront of your mind. Um, but really, the, I think the biggest is, is asking for help. So if you have a spouse um, or a best friend or mom nearby, just reaching out and they're happy to do it and so I don't know why it's so hard for us to ask for help because they're they're happy to do it to you know for us they know it's helping us they it makes them feel good to feel needed and it gives our children time with them that they wouldn't necessarily get because we're always in it you know Mm -hmm. so our kids need that time with our spouse or our our, their Mm -hmm. grandparents or their friends or aunts and uncles so it's important for them too so asking for help is a good thing and to remember to do that so that was that was really difficult for me in the beginning. I never regretted pursuing it. I did, you know, I do struggle like everybody does with the self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Um, but just keep remembering how important it is and just keep remembering that you have a tribe. And that's why we have these tribes for these moments when we can't do it all. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And what advice would you give someone um, who's kind of, getting those feels of postpartum and um really i'm trying to i'm trying to ask this in a way that it could sound you know sensible to it because i i'm trying to turn having troubles to choose my words um but what advice would you give someone you know going through that stage in their life so from the postpartum like the mental health aspect or the feeling lost the mental health aspect So um, one thing I think is important is if you feel it, say something to somebody because you need the support to pursue it. I didn't realize with my son, my second child, that I was so severely depressed until it was probably way too late. Um, I would have been much better off had I at least mentioned to somebody that I was feeling a little bit detached. Um, I didn't realize that that sense of detachment was actually severe, severe depression. Um, and so that was, you know, I, I don't blame myself. It's not a blame thing, but I wish that I had at least vocalized that. I was 
in a place at the time where I didn't have a lot of family around. So that was probably probably part of it is my mom didn't live nearby and my sister wasn't nearby. So I didn't really have anyone. I didn't work. So I didn't really have anyone to talk to. I would suggest find someone to talk to. If you're feeling anything, find someone to talk to. Reach out to someone on Facebook, anybody, and just say, reach out to me. And I will, I will walk you through it. Mm-hmm. Just, it's okay to reach out again for help and to ask if what you're feeling is normal. And if what you're feeling should be monitored or corrected, if that's the right word, talk to your doctor, just talk to anybody. Because the more we talk about it, the more you talk about it, the better off everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it's the keeping quiet that makes it a stigma, right? Yeah. So. And I know it's hard because I've been through it. I know how hard it is, but it's so important for everybody as a whole, but really for you, like your health, your mental health is so, so important. And you need to remember that. And you see so many women, you know, you hear these stories about how I didn't know my neighbor was depressed. She was always so happy. Um, Why is, why, why did she kill herself? Mm -hmm. And it's because nobody ever talks about it. And so I don't know, just that's the only suggestion I can make is to just be aware that these feelings you're having are normal in the sense that everybody can can suffer from this, right? But they're not normal because you you don't have to suffer. They're harming you. So just understand that it's okay to reach out to anybody, anybody can talk to someone. It can be a friend, a family member, your doctor, a lady on the street. Just talk to somebody. Yeah, and the encouragement to seek help for sure, and and I think that's very important to really speak up and be able to have. It's it's kind of hard for a lot. I feel like humans are built to kind of just oh, you know what? It's okay. Let's let's use our right. outer oh. layer. Yeah, right. and our outer layer is just going to get us through the day. But once we come home, and then we're we're alone, or we're just busy doing activity but all of a sudden our mind starts to wind down with that activity and it gets harder for us and it's like it's true we just really need to just speak to anybody no matter who it is yeah and I think that's again why it comes back to those of us who have gone through it and made it through to the other side it's it's not only um good for us to do I think it's an obligation for us to speak to it because by doing so we normalize it and you know then we don't I think we have to worry less about moms hiding it so I think it really comes back to those of us who have have made it through it's kind of our responsibility to pave the way for the women coming after us to to make that an easier thing to talk about for them because it is very difficult it really there's a lot of guilt associated with it a lot of shame associated with it Mm -hmm. and a lot of feeling like um there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You are perfectly normal, but we need to get you to a place where you feel okay. And that's, that's all it is. No, for sure. I completely agree. I really agree. And I honestly really appreciate you really opening up to this because what you've gone through and sharing your story right now is 
I'm hoping it helps so many other people out there and, you know, be able to connect with you so that way they can ask the questions, get get a support system going, especially with your coaching. And, um, you know, it's fantastic because when one person's able to have that confidence to share their story, it's like you're being able to live again. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important. And I've had women who have, um, they're friends of mine who have come to me for help, but they're sending women to me. This is how actually the coaching business started. They would start sending women that they knew who would then start sending women that they knew. I'd have these people Facebook messaging me just to be like, so-and-so told me you helped them. Can it, I just want to talk, talk to you real quick. Is that okay? And so, yes, absolutely. Come talk to me because that's, you know, it's super important. But again, it comes back to find anyone who's willing to listen to you anyone. They didn't know me and they reached out to me and I was happy to help them. So just find anyone you can to talk with. Now, how do you balance everything as a mom with your business? You got the (laughs) partner, you got, you said you got three kids, right? I want to make sure it's correct. I have three kids. Yep. I have three kids. I don't know how I went from wanting no kids to winding up with three kids. Um, It is so much. It's so much. It's so much. But I think again, that comes back to asking for the help right? Mm -hmm. Admitting that I can't do it all. Uh, And it's also kind of um, training my children a little bit that I am not the only parent. Mm -hmm. So like moms are always number one, right? Kids always want their moms. But it it came, you know, I had to come to the realization that I can't do it all. But then they also need to, I need to stick to that. So when they come to me for something that their dad can do, or that if I'm with my mom, my mom can do, you know, asking them to please accept that I have to do a little bit of work right now because I'm trying to create something um, powerful to help lots of people. So can you go and ask so-and-so to do your bedtime tonight? Um, so it comes back to being honest with your, your family, your kids, your husband, your friends, your mom, your dad, whoever it is, um, being honest with them what you're trying to do so that they can assist you any way that they can. Uh, but then it's also the acceptance that you can't do it all. And then there's a lot of times where you cry because it's hard mm-hmm. and you have to accept that it's going to be hard. Um, and so I do, I spend a lot of time journaling, kind of, you know, visualizing my goals because if I can do that, I can remember why I'm doing what I do because what I'm doing is important and it does have value. And so if I can help people, I'm willing to cry about that sometimes. I'm willing to cry that I can't do all of the little things that I want to do. But on top of that, I think it's really important to schedule out time for yourself. So just like you wouldn't cancel on a client, don't cancel on yourself. Schedule that block of time every day, every week, whatever it is, just for you to do something that isn't business related, isn't work related, isn't family related. That is just something that fills you up and re-energizes you because without that, you're just going to burn out. And so that's something that I had to learn the hard way. Um, Because again, as a mom, you have guilt taking that time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's something I had to learn the hard way. But once I started implementing that time, it really just, it gave me something to sort of look forward to that I could just zone out. You know, I took up yoga. I'm not a yoga person. I'm not Mm -hmm. a yogi. But I found this one particular yoga that I liked. And so I go every single Tuesday night without fail because it's two hours of just time with grown-up adults 
who are doing something else that I like to do as well. And no children poking me, but no work emails coming in, nothing. And it's just time for me to reflect and think. And so that kind of re-energizes me to get through to the next Tuesday, because I know I will have that two-hour block where I can just take a breath. So I encourage everyone to schedule that time and to not cancel on yourself. Yeah, and it's so important because, (laughs) you know, like I said, I'm going to repeat it again to all those listening. I don't have kids, but seeing other women with kids, it's like, they are super women. They're literally like on the go 24 seven. They're the ones to get up. They're like, it's that instinct. Oh my God, got to get up at three in the morning. I got to attend. Then all of a sudden, I don't know how most of them manage just end up going back to sleep for a couple hours or with them. And then all of a sudden up, got to get breakfast ready. Got to get the lunches ready. Got to get, you know, everything ready. Then they go to work it's just on the go nonstop. Cause when you're at work, let's be real. It's never going to be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. It's always something. And especially if we're in this corporate world or wherever you're working, it's just, it doesn't stop. Then you come home and then it's just, okay, gotta get the kids, gotta get them ready for their activities. And yep. it just keeps going. And then it's just all of a sudden, Hey, it's Saturday. Everyone's yep. home and you're <laughs> you still haven't stopped. <laughs> yep. It's endless. It is endless. It absolutely is. But then again, we all do it because like you said, it's that mom instinct. It's like that just being a mother. It's just, it's part of it. It's part of the life. But we do need to take time for ourselves, which is most important. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's so much guilt associated with that, but do it, do it, do it, do it. You'll, you will thank yourself for doing it. All of you, you just heard Megan say, just do it. Just do it. Get out there. (laughs) Find a spa day. Go with a friend or even (laughs) do a little bit of solo going out. You know, it must be nice for most moms just to go out on their own. And even it could just grab a coffee. It could be just going to the shopping mall. You don't have to buy anything. I do a lot of window shopping and it's just, it's just a different type of fresh air kind of, you know, your mind just, it's in a different state of mind. So it's, we need that time for yourself and it's like, yeah. just go out there and get it. I have a woman, I actually uh, spoke on her podcast a couple of weeks ago and every single Sunday she fills up her tub and she lights all her candles and she turns mm. off the lights and she plays music and she puts all her salts in her bath and she calls it like her sensory bath, but she does it every single Sunday without fail. And I was like, that sounds beautiful. Wow. Like that sounds like perfection. And so she's like, I'm starting a revolution. We're all doing the sensory baths. And I was like, yes, that sounds awesome. Oh, for she, sure. That every single week, that is her thing every week without fail. And she just reflects on the week, prepares for the week ahead. And you know what happens is you end up actually being more productive because mm-hmm. you're able to actually collect your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So we're afraid to do this because, you know, we've got so much to do, but then we're less productive if we don't do it. Yeah. So yes, it's so many good reasons to do it. Just do it. Yeah. And see, that's something that's not really as cost of cost of um, cost. Of, like that's really cost efficient. And right. it's like, we don't, you don't, it's like I said, like, you don't have to go on these, like, some people do like the weekend getaways and it's just like, right. no, you don't need to do that. Simple as, you know, using your own uh, bathroom as a spa, get all the little things together and really just be yourself. Get the, yes. go get your 
spouses, your partners, get the kids out for me for three yes. hours. Take them to the Chuck yes. E. Cheese, go take them to a park, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. just burn them out for me because I need my me time. Exactly. Exactly. It's so important. I'm like writing a bunch of notes because I'm like, when this time comes, my 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 spouse, I'm gonna be like, hey, listen, it's whatever day. <laughs> it's That's me day. day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I I really appreciate that we were able to connect. And um, yeah. where can people find you, Megan? Tell us all sure. your social media, your website. So my website is megantamro.com. Um, no H in the Megan. <laughs> and then my, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Uh, it's just Ms. Megan Tamaro, MS. And then my Facebook is also Ms. Megan Tamaro, as well as my Twitter. But uh, Twitter, I'm a little slow with because I can't keep up. <laughs> it moves too fast for me. So um, you can find me on Ms. Megan Tamaro all over social. And then my um, website is MeganTamaro.com. Awesome. So I have to, I have to ask, I don't know if you have time to watch any TV, what shows are you watching? Cause I'm a reality TV junkie. Um, what are you watching right now besides Disney plus or uh, oh Netflix gosh. kids oh. and prime oh kids? <laughs> what do you watch? My favorite show of all time, which I keep walk, watching on repeat on Netflix is Shit's Creek. That's my favorite show. I uh-huh. watch it endlessly um and then i watch a lot of movies but i do a lot i like a lot of mini series too so um i'm waiting for ozark to come back out waiting impatiently um but yeah i'll just watch anything a lot of hallmark movies right, right now this time of year mm-hmm. uh, but mostly i'll just keep re-watching schitt's creek because it's my favorite <laughs> you you need something like that to kind of just get a good laugh out of it cry yeah. a little bit Angry a little heartfelt, you know, it's good. It gets the, <laughs> the emotions going. <laughs> For sure. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Megan. I honestly, I can't thank you enough. Really sharing your story and, you know, this business that you have really changing one woman at a time to be able just to get back and be themselves again. Cause you know, we tend to lose ourselves even when you get married, um, even without kids, I'm just like, Oh my God, did I change? Did I not? What's different? Yeah. Comfortable. And it's just like, I guess this is our life. And you know, (laughs) we try to circle back a little bit and kind of like, okay, let's go on, let's go for breakfast a little bit. Let's just go walk outside and, you know, definitely all those women out there, no matter if you do have children or not, you, and we're in that, we're in this country of hustle and bustle. And yeah. I'm from Toronto, Canada. And it's the same thing as the US. Everyone's working like two to three jobs. They've got kids. Yeah. They've got so much going on. And it's just, yeah, it's the cost of living. It's, it's everything. Yeah. And we really need that time for ourselves. If it's even yeah. just a bath or just telling everybody to get out of the house or just even going out for a walk by the nearby pond or lake, wherever you live, unless you're up North and living in an igloo, <laughs> you can just go out a little bit, put on your warmest coat and just get out. For <laughs> we haven't gotten too cold here, thankfully, but today is raw. It's raw here. <laughs> Uh, well toronto it changes like um it's been cold but then all of a sudden the sun's been out all day and it just brings that nice heat in and then oh but at night it's just really cold but hey it's my toronto my canada (laughs) and it changes all the time but we're used to it (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I thank you so much once again, everybody. All her information is going to be in the show notes for you. 
get in contact with Megan. And if you know someone out there that you feel like they may need the Megan, please give her a call, uh, sorry, a message on Facebook or on Instagram. All of that's going to be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Megan, once again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm so thankful for you. And, uh, you know, you're doing such amazing things. Thank you. And tell your spouse high fives because honestly, (laughs) it's not easy and you kind of have to pick it up somehow and be on the same level and be able just to be that understanding person. So definitely a high five to your husband. Absolutely. He's awesome. Well, to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in again on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And that's all we have for now. Hi, my name is Casey Gonzalez. I'm with Chef Salty Pork. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pen from the CQP Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to A Little, little Bit of Everything, everything with, with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now, and thanks for listening on A Little Bit of Everything with me.